Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode, one of our last few episodes of A Moment in History. I am Harrison Zyberg. This is WCCS podcast, and it's December, I believe, 22nd, 2020. Uh, and if my guests would like to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Quinn. I am a junior microbiology major at the University of Maryland College Park, uh, and I am part of the radio station here called WMUC. So my first question, I just want to ask, how are you doing? Um, honestly, well, I'm really glad, like, finals just ended for us, so I'm, feel, I feel totally, like, free now. <laughs> <laughs> well, how has your, your school handled the, um, the COVID pandemic? How have they adapted to it? Um, I think it was all right, though their approach left some things to be de- desired, like, they didn't make testing like mandatory for us, but they did have it available like constantly. So we would be the we would have to be the ones as the students to take initiative and sign up for those appointments, which all of like me and all of the people I live with always did. But I think if there was if they like mandated that, it would have been a lot better. Um, they did like they didn't decide to to go with like the pass-fail um, approach to grading this semester, which a lot of us really wanted. And I think it, it was a little ridiculous that they were like, well, there are all these like downsides to pass-fail grading. grading. I'm like, do you, do you, can you read the room? <laughs> you don't want to worry about getting A's right now. So I was definitely not happy with the fact that they didn't pass-fail grading. Um, um, I guess, yeah, those were, would be my two biggest um, points about my school's approach to COVID. And so I assume from what you said, you were on campus this semester? Yeah, I'm living in, in an apartment like a street away. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the on-campus, or I guess for you near campus, um, experience, how did that differ from this year to previous years? Um, well, the thing is, um, so this is my first year living in an off-campus apartment, so before I was in dorms, which is already, like, different enough, but I would say, like, definitely I don't go out as, I'm not, like, interacting with neighbors as much, I guess. I'm not, like, this year I'm not walking around campus or, like, um, I guess going to the dining hall anymore. I usually cook in my apartment. So, but I don't think those are exclusive to COVID reasons. That's just mm. the fact that I moved out to a new like apartment with its own kitchen and stuff. So how do you think your classes, um, how do you think your classes from this semester, which is, I guess, semester two with COVID as their everyday reality, differed from spring semester of last year when COVID became uh, became somewhat suddenly an everyday reality. How did your class experience differ from last semester to this semester? Sure. So definitely um, this semester, professors have had a better idea of how to um, handle the move online. And since instead of switching dramatically online in the middle of the semester, like in spring, 
it was like they had the whole summer to plan it out so then there were like actual activities so for example um i'm a microbiology major and so i do take like a bunch of labs and in spring semester one of my labs that was very hands-on like heavy lab work moved um suddenly online and then we had basically no lab anymore and we had we had some lectures and then they gave us like some like worksheets and stuff but it was really basically no lab anymore um but this semester i um i like ta'd for a different lab and that lab coordinator had like a whole setup like simulations like um worksheets that went with the simulations and lectures and stuff that all came together and it was all pretty organized and kind of followed what the class would have done in lab so there was kind of a lab in that case so i would say definitely more organized approach to the online learning this semester um so you said you were a ta were you a ta over with um was it mostly freshmen or was it people from all different grades it was a whole freshman section there's a freshman section so this would have most likely or this would have been their first semester and you were put in a leadership role over them maybe not in their at least for this one class i guess how did um try to phrase this correctly because i haven't talked to another ta in a while i was one also this last semester but what did it feel like being in this leadership role um over people who really are experiencing a very unique semester yeah sure so i tried to make the make things as clear as possible for them like i was really i'm really sympathetic to the freshmen because it it was their first semester of college and this is how they're spending it so i really tried to be um understanding and i tried to be clear with expectations so this lab was like completely asynchronous so i didn't ever actually like meet with them at the same time but i did I did grade all their stuff and I was always sending like reminder emails and I was also like really lenient on grading because I was like I it you all shouldn't have to worry about this what how you're doing in this class and I know your other classes are way worse than mine because you're all bio majors so I I tried to be understanding and lenient about grading um, and I tried to showcase like my availability and hopefully so that this class wasn't like a negative experience for them in an already terrible semester um so you said you're a microbiology major right mm -hmm. what drew you to microbiology in the first place um i i i came in as a biome as a general biology major so then like microbiology is like a concentration within mm -hmm. it and because I was always really interested in science um, in like middle school and high school and in high school I really enjoyed biology out of the sciences so I was like okay I'll just do general biology and then pick a concentration that I end up liking and so when I came in um, as I was looking as, as I was like exploring the concentrations microbiology seemed like the most interesting one and it felt the most important. So this was a couple years ago. So I, no one cared about viruses. So it felt the most important, 
and um, I was like, okay, definitely if I go into microbiology, it will be something substantial and something I can like, I guess justify or I can, I can contribute something. Not to say like the other biology concentrations are not important, but it felt mm -hmm. the most important to me. So that's why I did it. Well, then I have to ask, has this year affected how you view what you study and maybe what you want to do after college? You know, surprisingly, not really. <laughs> now, well, now, I would say what changed is people's reaction to when I say what I'm studying. It's like, before it was like, what's microbiology? And now it's like, oh my God, you're the future of this <laughs> society or something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but really, it, yeah, I, I feel like my goals have largely remained the same, even though everything else do you remember this would be 10 months plus at this point but do you remember the first um the first moment you learned you would be moving from an on-campus semester to a remote semester all the way back in march um the moment do you want me to like describe it or something <laughs> yeah if you remember it i think so I'm like big into bullet journaling. So I basically like write all my stuff in a journal and uh, like tasks in my classes and stuff. And I remember distinctly um, when, so how my school did it was we had class and then we have, a, we have a normal spring break in like the middle of March. And so they were like, um, I think they were like spring break is gonna be extended or like prepare to, to not come back or something like that. I remember they announced that and I wrote, wait, can I curse on this? Sure. Okay. I wrote, holy shit, coronavirus in my bullet journal when they announced that. And then I crossed out like all of the events that were gonna happen in March. <laughs> and then um, I had, and then like after that, oh my God, after that I had like um, lunch with my friends, which who knew, like <laughs> it's the last time I had lunch with them. I had lunch with my friends and then we like, I took all my stuff and went home for a break that turned out to be the whole semester. Mm -hmm. I think it's very funny. Um, I remember the week when we learned my school was shutting down, everything was happening. And I also remember that week that I went to the, the doctor's office and I was, I'm in Massachusetts, I was just in Boston walking around in the public garden before I knew anything about the virus or how bad it was going to get. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a weird, uh, Remembering that type of things, which brings me to the next question. Before you were told that, hey, this is real and stuff shutting down, were you aware of the virus? Were you, did you think it was going to come to the U.S.? Or was it all out of the blue when it did hit us? Yeah, sure. So I try to like keep up with news and stuff. So I get like a bunch of email newsletters, like, at that time I was getting like the New York Times newsletter and then like the Atlantic and like places like that. And so I did know, I knew that there was the virus. I knew that the virus was happening. And um, there was one, I remember there was one writer in like the New York Times who was like this, I cannot over exaggerate how terrible this virus is gonna be. And I was like, Oh, come on. <laughs> like, it's so far away. It, there's no way that this person is actually going to, like, 
this person's like dire predictions are going to come true. So I remember reading that and I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I think as like it went into February and March, I think, and the newsletters started getting like more urgent and stuff. And like, this was in Washington or something. So it didn't, it wasn't completely out of the blue, but it did feel a little surprising because I didn't expect it to actually get here, even though I guess mm. I should have, but who, who knew, right? Um, so because this is a recording, this will be online, you can listen back to this in a few years and hear college age you speaking about what this year was like. Is there a message you would like to send future you? Oh, wow. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Just, yay, you made it. <laughs> um, when do you think the next time you'll feel comfortable shaking a stranger's hand? When do you think that will be? Um, I, I don't, I mean, I don't feel uncomfortable shaking a stranger's hand now. I would just wash my hand like immediately after. I don't know. I don't think that, well, I mean, I wouldn't, but I would say maybe within an, a couple months or something, as long as I am near, I have hand sanitizer or I'm near like a sink or something with soap, then I don't think handshaking is a really pressing way that coronavirus gets to people. It is respiratory. So, I'm, so I'm a history major and I'm really interested in trying to think of what historians will write about this year. Because I think everyone I talk to sort of agrees that this will be a year that's going to be studied pretty widely for a bunch of different reasons. What do you think future historians will write about this year? Like what events do you think they'll cover? And then what do you think they may ignore? Ooh, okay, that's a good question. So yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with history, but I do think it's really cool and I've taken like one history class. So I would, I would say, well, definitely like the racial like upheaval in like the summer and the and it how it's continuing now and how that is probably connected to the coronavirus and then like the presidential election um then how how like the government handled the pandemic how like international reactions and then hmm like I'm trying to think of what they might ignore, but it feels it feels like mean to say like, oh, this isn't important. Um, man, a lot has happened this year, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what they would ignore. Were there any um, protests where you were staying over the summer? Where you're staying now? Um. Yeah, I think so. I moved here i moved to my off-campus apartment in like june so i think there were some like campus protests but like i didn't participate in anything basically how would you say the areas you have been in these past few months how have they handled um the covid pandemic um I guess Mar Maryland was, uh, if 
as far as I know, Maryland is doing like okay, not like super great, but definitely not as bad as um, I don't know southern um, some of the like southern states or some of the states where like they don't believe in mask mandates or something like that because. I go out and I do see people generally wearing masks and like caring about it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a, it's a generally good approach. Though honestly, I I don't really keep up with what the Maryland like guidance is. I just stay inside. <laughs> um, I meant to ask this question like two back, but we asked earlier if you could send a message to yourself. If you could send a message to those future historians writing the history of 2020, uh, what would you say about what it was like to live through this year? Um, you know, it made me understand why, like, old-timey children would make jokes and songs about about terrible things like pandemics and wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I would say, oh, this is something that my professor said, so I don't take credit for this, but history doesn't repeat, it echoes. So I would say, take that up, sort of an echoing of history approach to how you examine this year slash, it's not gonna end at 2021. So this Mm -hmm. era of history. I wanna ask, why did you, so this is the first time I've, ever met you, um, why did you agree to be interviewed by a stranger? Um, I mean, it just sounded interesting. So what happened was Sabrina sent like a broad message in the WMUC Slack. I was like, does anyone want to be interviewed for this thing? And I was like, I think it might be kind of interesting and like also like therapeutic I guess to just talk about the whole year in a like candidly and even like with a stranger it feels easier than with I don't know like a close friend or a family member because it's like there's no obligation or prior mm-hmm. um, impressions that I have to like follow or something. Um. Is there anything about this year that has either happened on a wider scale or maybe just very small personally to you that you would like to keep, that you hope stays from the year 2020 moving forward? Yeah, so I think I this year I, I've learned a lot of things about like myself I guess like in terms of self-growth I know it has been like difficult for people I don't know I have like conflicting feelings about this because this year I guess hasn't actually been bad for me because first of all this is the first time I'm like living on my own and that was a it's been a largely positive experience where I like, I tend to like having control over over things. So once I moved out of my parents in June and then I was able to like go shopping for my own food that I wanted to eat and like have a control over like my cooking, my schedule, stuff like that has been a pretty positive experience for me. And so then in terms of that kind of independence, I've learned a lot about myself. 
So that's definitely something I want to keep into um, the future, but also it's all under like the veil of everything terrible that's happening all the time. And everything is also just background noise stressful all the time. And so I wouldn't want to keep that. But in terms of self-growth, it's been a decent year. Um, I'm trying to phrase what I'm thinking about into a question, but you said with everything terrible happening all the time, I think it's a sentiment <laughs> that most people would agree with. Um, I know I do. Everything bad happening all the time. Is it? I'm trying to phrase this in a way that doesn't sound like it's a very sad question, but I don't know if I can. But is it just hard sometimes to like get through the day when you hear on the news, oh, 3,000 people died today because of COVID, or this happened, or like, is it hard sometimes just to? I'm trying to phrase this in a better way than be a person as a question, because that's not really anything, but to be a person in this crazy time. Yeah, I think it was definitely pretty bad. Like when I was preparing, oh my goodness. Can you still hear me? My I can hear you. Yeah. I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say when I was studying for finals or whenever I was, it was, for the due date of like a big school project something like that and i was already stressed about getting good grades and doing well on this project or whatever and then i would open my like email newsletter and it would be like a like two hundred thousand people have died and then i was like why do i even care about grades but also i still care about grades and then i would that would be those days are pretty like would probably be the worst ones to be a person <laughs> Do you find yourself, hmm, I guess we, you talked about, we just talked about that, we talked a little bit about your own personal growth. Do you think that this year has made you a more stressed person or anxious person? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's, it's just made me more aware of things to be stressed about, but I don't think it's changed my personal level of stre stress like as a person. It just seems, it feels like I have the same level of stress, it's just up all the time because things are stressful. In roughly the last two weeks, although I mean time's not really a thing anymore, um, but in the last two weeks, roughly, what do you think the biggest news story has been or the biggest event that's happened? Um, did the va vaccine approval happen within the past two weeks? I feel like it has. R roughly, yeah. It's very new. So I guess probably, yeah, the vaccine coming out slash being approved slash people starting to get the vaccine. Do you feel comfortable taking the vaccine when your turn to take it is up? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you think that this year is going to have a lasting effect on people our age? That it will be a generational um, year for us. That will sort of be, maybe if we're not known as the 2020 generation, what happened this year and the effects it's had on our own lives and personally? 
will have long lasting effects. Oh my God. Like, yeah, absolutely. This is like, it's like a traumatic event, like globally. It is, I mean, I think for everyone, it's going to have a lasting impact on everyone, but I guess for college age people specifically, I read this article in the Atlantic that was about like college people who had graduated into this and then now they can't find like any jobs at all and how that is going to impact their whole career trajectory like the fact that they can't get a a um a secure entry level job and it wasn't it wasn't even just like ooh performing arts majors or something it was like engineering majors or something like that and the fact that they can't get a secure job now in the beginning of their careers then they won't be able to continue into like a trajectory into like more, better higher paying jobs later like they'll have to start lower and then they won't be able to spend as much later or like buy houses or whatever it is you do when you have money and start families and so that's gonna have like a huge impact on society so we'll probably i mean it'll this will probably have a massive impact on on how how i guess i i was gonna say i don't know like prosperous america will be but that feels weird but i guess that type of how people will interact with each other and with um the government i guess we hear a lot of people talking about getting things back to normal or turning to some normalcy. Do you hope you return to a pre-2020 normal or do you think that, I guess, yeah, do you hope that we somehow return to a, what a pre-2020 COVID everything normal was like? So I think there are some, it depends on what people mean by normal, because yeah, I want to return to a time when I could go and hang out with my friends whenever I wanted and not feel like super guilty about it. But there are also some changes that should happen. Like things shouldn't just be entirely the same as they were in 2018 or 2019. Um, because, well, first of all, I guess inanely, people should wear masks when they're sick and they're going in public places. And I think that's probably, we're probably going to do that hopefully in the future. But also, um, like the protests for like injustice or like Black Lives Matter movement, I really hope that those can become some some sort of policy or gain some sort of momentum so that something changes in terms of um, police reform after all this is over or whatever. And I don't know, like we have a different president now and so then there will hopefully be positive changes on that end. So I wouldn't say I want everything to be, to go back to normal, which seems like some people seem to interpret it as code that like everything was perfectly fine before this pandemic happened and if we could just go back to exactly the same thing then it'll be okay which it won't be because people were having a hard time even before this and this is just exasper 
updated their situation. Do you think the um, increased levels of student or youth, if not activism, awareness of different issues, do you think that's going to continue once a vaccine is more mass distributed, once young people can get back to, again, we said like more normal ways of things, do you think this increased awareness will live past that? I I hope so. I'm not, I, I guess I think so, but I would probably keep my expectations at like hope. Like, I think it's definitely opened students' eyes to a lot of issues because so many things have gotten so much clearly worse. And so hopefully that will lead to continued action beyond um, the pandemic. And I don't usually ask people about the election unless they bring it up and you've mentioned it twice now. So, and as broad of a question as I can think of, what do you think about the 2020 election? It was surprisingly anticlimactic to me. I don't know. I think I'm trying to put myself back into like that time here. I think I was that week that everything's were at the results were like very slowly coming out. I was busy with class stuff. And so, and at the same time, I did not want to hear like anything about, like I did not want to hear like any updates. I didn't like go on social media or anything. And I was like, I just wanted to hear at the end. I don't want constant number updates all the time. Um, and then there was, and then um, it was called for Joe Biden. And then I was like, okay, but <laughs> I don't, it, it just felt like, eh, okay, I guess, I guess this is happening now rather than ju jubilance or anything. It was a weird, weird spot mentally, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I was going to ask, um, are there any, in this past year, are there any hobbies or activities um, that you've picked up or have gone back to? Um, not, not really. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't become one of those people who like started on, on coloring or something. I felt like I generally continued things I was already doing. So like, bullet journaling I had been doing mm -hmm. for like a year, a couple of years already. And so that's definitely been helpful in keeping track of, yeah, I realized like in March, I was like, this is gonna keep me on track and remembering time is passing. So I definitely, I was like, I need to continue bullet journaling. So I did do that. And um, yeah, I still like sometimes write stuff I didn't, yeah, I didn't pick up anything new. Mm -hmm. Did, um, what um, TV or movies or music or books did you turn to or read during this time? Um, okay. Um, not a big, like, TV show watcher. Mm -hmm. I did, 
Okay, I got really into the movie the the social network around April, but I think that's just separate. But I don't know. Okay, so I don't know how familiar you are with like fandom or like fan culture, but I got into like the fandom side of the social network in April, and so that is one movie that I got into, and then I guess. Recently, I've been um, going back to like old fandoms mm-hmm. and like old fan fiction that I was into. So I would reread like things I was into in 2015 or something. Mm-hmm. And what's been interesting is that like I have them downloaded on iBooks, and then I have like highlights that 15-year-old me had put there. And it's really amusing to see like what did 15-year-old me think was important to highlight in this so that was interesting and then I guess I've also gotten into I've returned to some the music I was listening to in like middle school and high school and I guess I think that's been a common thing for people is to return to um, media that they were consuming as like a teenager maybe as like a comfort thing or some sense of familiarity. So, and possibly it's also a result of me starting to DJ at WMUC, and then my show is based off music that I listened to when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. But I think the level of, the comfort, like, also plays a role in it. Oh, you you reminded me of a very good question that I was going to forget to ask, but can you tell us about your involvement with your radio station because i came in contact with you through your radio station so that's only right that you get to talk about it and your own show do you have one yeah sure so i joined wmuc this semester um so i'm pretty new to it and honestly i think i was only i was only um able to because everything was remote Normally, I'm so busy. So I'm also um, the president of the Gamer Symphony Orchestra. And so that's usually like my one club. And so then they have, we have like rehearsals twice. We had rehearsals like twice a week, and it was usually pretty busy. And so since that became like less of a time commitment, I was able to check out like other clubs. And WMUC looked cool. And so then I just... I applied for like a DJ position because I was like, whatever. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't consider myself a music person. I just like some things that I do like, and I just applied for shows. I was like, whatever. This sounds kind of fun. And then I got in, um, and so I um, pitched a show that was called "Ode to My Middle School Self," where I listened to where I play music that I was into in middle school. And it's like, I was an emo kid and I I still consider myself an emo kid. So it's all like pop punk, like Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy and My Chemical Romance and like Halsey and Marina and the Diamonds. And so it's sort of like a time capsule. And I also try to incorporate like new stuff into that show. Um, But on top of like my show, I also try to help out on the communications team 
um, at WMUC. So I, I help Sabrina with like fundraisers or we're like putting out a zine now. So we, I help like do some editing on the zine as well. Um, so we moved on to the last three questions and I always ask this one, but is there anything else that we have not spoken about or that you would like to speak about before I move on? Um, I don't think so. Then we'll move on to the last two questions, which you are, they've remained the same. You're interview number 55. And these are the only two questions that have always been there. But what do you think the next steps moving forward are? Those can be the next steps for you, for your campus community, family, for the world at large, however big or small you want to make that. But just what do you think the next steps should be moving forward? Okay. <laughs> I think pretty big question. Um, I think. Being able to realize like what what parts of everything that has changed that we want to keep compared to what parts that we want to change. So I think in a broader sense, I mentioned earlier how the pandemic has has made it even clearer how inequality has like shaken out over the United States. So I think, I hope that the fact that it's so much clearer now, how there is a people who were like, like early on the pandemic were able to get the tests that no one else was able to get, or people who are able to now get the vaccine earlier, even though they like, are not super high risk or they're not like a frontline worker or something like that things like that have that have made it so clear how things are not equal in the country and i hope going forward that that can lead to some sort of action on a policy level or on like people protesting enough that some change can happen in terms of addressing those inequalities and seeing how we can improve our society to, to support everyone who lives within it. And then my last question, which is either the easiest to answer or the most difficult for people, but are you hopeful? Yes, <laughs> I'm always hopeful. Hope is our, our one, the one thing that we can carry with us all the time. And I think it's important to be hopeful and I am hopeful. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, thank you. Um, once again, this was episode 55 of Moment in History. We are wrapping up the entire series soon um, in these last few interviews. I'm Harrison Zyberg. This is WCCS Podcast. And for everyone who will listen to this in the next few days, I hope this tells you a little bit about someone else's story through this year. And for anyone listening to this years from now, that tells you a little bit about what living through this year was like. And Thank you all for listening.